and it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 33, recorded Thursday, February 24th, 2011. It's a question of time. This is uh, one of a few times that Michael, Jeff, and Maverick are all in the same room, and it's scary. It's scary, so let's do some Splunk Talk. I gotta have more cowbell. Splunk Talk, fighting answers without a doubt. We'll help you figure it out. Hey, it's awesome to have uh, you in my presence, Maverick. And the same goes true for me. But it's not so great to have Jeff here, because he's kind of crouchety. Yeah, just a little. That's okay. Hi, Jeff. Today's no different than any other day. Can you move closer to me? I said. Don't 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 stand so close close to me. Not that close. Okay. I'm not not liking this already. Really? Okay, we need to go back to our our cities. Yeah. Respect to cities. Where are you from, Norman? Normally, Chicago. Wow. Or is that abnormal? Go Packers. Packers. Go Packers. Yeah. All right. Cheeseheads. Where are you from, Wild? You're normally yeah, from? I'm from all parts west. Oh, okay. But I, I hail from Austin, Texas from right Austin. now. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are in my hood today because we're here in Dallas. We're in the hood. So you're actually kind of like Dallas or Dallas? However you want to say Are we it. in Dallas or Plano? Dallas is uh, Just Washington, Plano, D.C. Yes. Just not, not anything special. Just Plano, Texas. You guys ah. are- <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. That's how we say it here. Really? Um, so what are we talking about? Splunk Talk. All right. So today we're talking about um, Splunk, I think. <laughs> now, but we uh, uh, we got a bunch of questions. Uh, some of them seem to be about time, and then some other stuff. And we have a couple of cool. Uh, what did we learn this week? So let's get rolling. You know, we we talked about time in episode number eight, which was called. Too much time on my hands. That's awesome. Got a question, I, Jeff. I do. Let's do this. I do. I do. Here's the first question. Uh, our logs are all in GMT, and Splunk picks up the timestamps correctly. Um, can we have our dashboards and other search results display it in PST, Pacific Time? Interesting question. Hmm. So um, when Splunk indexes uh, your events... You, they your events often have a timestamp in them and a date, uh, sorry, a uh, a time zone. So if your events are in GMT, uh, if you'd like them to appear in Pacific time zone, so let's say it's midnight PST uh, or midnight GMT, and uh, you'd like them to appear at eight hours before whatever that time is. When you search on Splunk, uh, the time that is rendered to you is whatever time the server or search head is on. So if you have a single instance of Splunk with no search heads, uh, just stop Splunk, change the time zone in your operating system. So in you know Linux, you can uh, you know do Etsy local time and just link it to a different time zone and in zone info. Or you can, you know, double-click on the clock in Windows and just change the time zone. Restart the Splunk server, and it'll just work. It also, if you have a search head hooked up to it, if your search head is in a different time zone, the results will be displayed in the time zone that the search head has. So um, it's one of these things that I got a question on. I thought it would work, and then I tried it, and it just worked. So it was kind of sweet. So that 
that's a good example of uh, resolving the times uh, at search time. There's also a, a feature in Splunk that allows you to uh, facilitate some normalization of log timestamps um, at index time. And what will happen? If, if your timestamp comes through uh, comprehensively with, with a time zone in it, then Splunk takes care of normalizing it um, by itself. But let's say you had a native timestamp that did not have a uh, time zone in it. You can actually provide the time zone uh, in the uh, props.conf file. And it'll, it'll give the offset um, that way. And so you'll see the two different timestamps, both the native timestamp time in the time zone and the normalized timestamp uh, that Splunk attaches to it for the hash. Yeah, Splunk won't actually ever... Alter. Alter the actual raw event. Right. But, right. you know, we wouldn't want to do that. Sweet. Cool. Sweet. That was, that was a great, great thing to okay. add, Joe. Okay. Um, I got a question <laughs> for, for you, Maverick. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. We, we've been running Splunk for three years now. And like others, we've continued to grow our indexing volumes. And now we're starting to find that our searches are slowing down more and more. What do you recommend we do to keep our searches performant? And running fast as we continue to grow our Splunk. That's a good question. Actually, we've had kind of had this conversation before. I think about uh, search uh, search speeds and things like that. Um, but this is kind of a unique thing because it, it sounds like they've already had the product for a while, uh, so the solution, and they're kind of growing into it, like like a lot of our customers do. So, so what so what you kind of want to do first is you want to do um, you want to look at the search profile. You want to go into the inspector, in, in, uh, which is inside the search app. And you can go down and look at the uh, it like models out what the search um, statistics are. You want to look things like specifically like CPU and and I/O type utilization uh, for the different searches over various time ranges, and be able to kind of maybe look for the excessive waits, periods of idle, just trying to see if it's something that's on the disk or if it's something in the CPU. Of course, with CPU, you want to probably add more cores, um, and if it's uh, if it's I/Os, then you're going to want to look at your your setup. And uh, we did benchmarks last year, I think. Um, I think Rates or somebody did some benchmarks, somebody, Einstein, somebody, uh, here inside Splunk. And uh, they found pretty much that RAID 5, RAID 10, pretty much are the same, have the same kind of results if it's under 100 gig or so a day. Um, you know, as you know, RAID 10 is going to give you much better concurrent writes, and RAID 5 will give you more space. I remember working with one customer, and they, they went with RAID 5 because they wanted more space, but they found that it was, it was the searches were pretty much as best as they could get it um, uh, with that particular setup. Uh, they, they, add, they did have to upgrade, I think, in their case, this customer I'm talking about, I know that they upgraded the, the, the disk to have a little faster speeds, like they yeah. upgraded, tra traded them out. Um, but but overall, if you're going to grow, talking about growth, if you're going to grow past like 100 gigs or more, you probably want to start going to distributed search anyway. Also. Yeah, just hey, you you know if you, it's a great point. If you add more Splunk servers, you know you could do them on regular real machines or VMs. You're getting more cores to do that processing. Splunk is I/O bound as well, so you you want to have um, adequate disk I/O. But you know you if if search speed is an issue. There's also a good chance it could be what you're searching on, and maybe you need uh, you know either better searches, summary indexing, or more servers. So, right, cool. Uh, Maverick's got a question, of course, but um, I, I have a completely contrived uh, break here. You do just to yeah, 
you know, because we well, kind of... Well, that's a first. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. There we go. We got the bit up. Okay, so there's a couple things coming up. Um, More than a couple. Well, there's a lot coming up this year, Two, but in in depending on when you're listening to this, in March we've got a conference, the Federal Aviation Administration, F-A-A-I-T-I-S-S, FATIS. Uh, is it a summit? No, it's a partnership and training conference, and it's at the Swan and Dolphin in Orlando on March 14th through the 18th. Black Hat Europe, that's cool. That's cool. You know What's cool? Black Hat or bla- Europe? Exactly. Europe and Black Hat are cool. So I don't know whether that's great or they cancel each other out. But that's in Bar- <laughs> in, that's in Barcelona, uh, March 17th through was 18th. That your, was that your Spanish Yeah, accent? that was my Spanish. Nice. That was my Spanish. <laughs> Spanish. Barcelona. Uh, okay. I more Baltic than Spanish. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got... Um, on March 23rd, GigaOM Structure Big Data Conference, because we've got folks that are doing big data stuff with Splunk, and Splunk's a really great analytics engine, as everyone knows. Are we participating in that? We are. Awesome. We are participating in that. Or just you I don't think we advertise conferences that we're not involved in. We might. Perhaps. Uh, and then March 23rd and 24th in Brussels, Belgium. Do as they have sprouts as a, there? As opposed to Brussels, Indiana? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Infosecurity.be or .b. Uh, we're going to be there. So, Have you already used that joke before in a previous podcast? I think you have. <laughs> I like to recycle the good stuff. That's awesome. Oh, that's good? Okay. Microsoft Management Summit, March 21st through 25th in Vegas at Mandalay Bay. Love that. And then Cisco Live in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Melbourne. It's Melbourne. That, Melbourne. That's your uh, <laughs> Mel- Aussie, Aussie accent. <laughs> He's just full of it. Yeah, I'm just full of it, that's for sure. Sorry. March 29th through April 1st. Sounds a lot like the Spanish one. And... Barcelona. Are you, are you, are you going to do more? I'm not. Can I advertise something in April? You may. Uh, more closer to home. Thank you, Jeff. Good. That was great. <laughs> Thank you very much. On the next question, I have okay. a question. <laughs> wow. Go ahead, buddy. We love you. It's even worse in person. <laughs> I know. At least at home, he must be. Because at least at home, mockingly... I can make gestures and no yeah. one sees. He, right. Here, he can mockingly pat you on the back <laughs> and as a gesture to say it's okay. And in reality, your face is saying it's not okay. It's far it's like from wild. Okay. You're it's a far douche. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. What do you got? Have, we have uh, local user groups that are spinning back up. Um, we have a lot of them in the Midwest, in my area, and uh, cool. St. Louis, April fourteenth. St. Louis. Uh, Second one. Is this a mama's sweet treats? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have Saint outgrown, we've outgrown sweet, treats uh, and breads. sweet treats and breads. <laughs> now, we only want to do the bakeries when it's 90 degrees out. Cause, yes. Because it's just much more fun to, to get the sauna effect that way. Oh. Now, this is actually going to be hosted by our uh, good partners in St. Louis, uh, Proficient. Guys that uh, do a cool. lot of the WebSphere app stuff for Dave, us. And Dave Jones. Dave Jones. Dave Jones. Big Dave Jones. He's cool. Um, they're going to host it at their headquarters in St. Louis. Uh, more information on the meetup site attached to Splunk.com. But uh, if you're in St. Louis area, April 14th. Sweet. Maverick. I have a question. I know you do. All right. Rock the house. Rock the house. I didn't bring my guitar. Sorry. My email alerts coming out of Splunk have underscore time in epoch format. Is there a way to convert these to default to a standard date time format? Go. <laughs> I don't know if I can compete with that voice. Oh, come on. 
Yeah, so... Um, I can filter it. So you sound like a chipmunk. Okay, please. Okay. We'll make you sound like the, the devil, Blake. Satan? Yeah. No problem. Devil, no problem. <laughs> and you're on. So, so, so um, email. Nice. Yeah, yeah in, in, well, in any, in any uh, source type, the, um, the underscore time variable mm-hmm. is... Um, it's, it's expressed as uh, epoch or epic or... How do you say it? Epic. <laughs> Epic time. Uh, it's stored that way. You can't change it um, that way. But but for um, if you want to do reporting or anything with the search results, whether it's a, a, a time chart or a um, report or whatever, alert, um, you can pipe it through a conversion, which is fairly straightforward. So whatever the results are, um, you can pipe it through the convert operator and feed it the C time, uh, parenthesis, underscore time, uh, and then just have it store that in a, in a um, temporary variable. I forgot about that. And uh, about whatever convert. that is, you can call it you know, local time or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm reading from the answers page right now. It's someone asked that very question. And um, then you can use the variable local time or whatever it is you named it um, in the express format of whatever you want it to be. So. Cool. You can also eval it. Yesterday I did, because um, I forgot about convert, and if you pipe uh, if you pipe your search to eval, and eval and underscore time, there's a strif time function, strf time, mm-hmm. and you can then format the timestamp in the way that you want. Let's say you wanted 2011-1125. and Convert's more efficient if you want to do uh, follow-on arithmetic to the, um, to the oh. date. Where if, if you're going to um, strif, it's I think it's just treating it as a string at that point. It, it is. So. It is. Oh, that's good. See, I learned from you too. I like that's the way you guys actually talk to each other about that. Like normally you're just staring at the screen because we're all here. You're able to like totally have facial expressions. It's a, it's and a I real yeah, I don't. That. I don't know if I really like it though. I, I know. I, I can tell. You're like alarmingly close. Your eyebrows are just. All right. <laughs> My favorite topic of the day is what did we learn this week? I have one thing that I learned. Which is, I'm going to go, because you might not have anything. Um, my good friend David Carrasso, whose title is Chief Mind at Splunk. at Splunk. And that's because he is a chief mind. Yeah, it really means nothing. Chief but he's uh, the second. First or second? Employee. I think he's the second engineer. He's been here forever. He's a fabulous man. Uh, David's created, he's the guy that's responsible for take the SH out of IT. Okay, some of the cool taglines. tagline, yeah. But he also does uh, the learning stuff in Splunk, so the auto source typing and event typing. He did the field extractor. You know, when you go on an event, you click on the timestamp area and you say extract fields, at interactive field extractor. Well, he decided to revamp that thing and turn it into an app. So we have a version of the product, which by the time that you hear this podcast, it, uh, it could already be out. So 4.2, which has got a great, cool bunch of features. When it's actually out, we'll probably you know give a grand tour of it. But he created an app called the Unified Field Extractor. So if you're a Splunk user and you've used the field extraction thing wizard, you, you'll know that you can only extract one field at a time and you have to type samples. So he created this app that you can load up, which is really sort of almost like a development environment for the, you know, the fields. And you can mouse over and click and highlight and pull out multiple fields and save them and test them. It's a fabulous app for anyone has to do field extraction and Splunk. 
it, it almost nearly eliminates the the need to know regex almost ever. So like it's a total win. It's something I've been wishing for for a long time, and he, he decided to make it an app, and that way, you know, he can uh, publish it and control it and fix it at his own will. So um, you want to check that out, Unif unified field extractor thing. Will it be called UFE or UFX? UFX I like UFX. Sounds cool. It's, UFX sounds like UFC, you know. Uh, or no effects. How about UFO? No effects as well. That's good. UFO you you like no effects? Good. We got to figure out the O UFO. Yeah. Because that doesn't sound as good. Awesome. Yeah, that's true. You guys got anything this week? Um, no, I don't have much. I work. I'll just say that I worked with a lot of the new uh, SC hires this week, and I was impressed. Cool. I was impressed by how much talent that we've been able to get on board, and we're growing. It's just a good sign that we're growing so fast. I know. I'm we real, talked really about proud. Jesse last week. I'm really proud. Yeah. Really and he's proud. in here. He's in here hanging out watching us. So he's yeah. Well, how, he Jesse. Jesse. Um, video guy. Huh? Well, yeah. He's doing the video right now for us since we're all in one. If you want to send an email to jmiller at splunk.com, you can say hi to Jesse. He's new here. So well, how long have you been? You could call. Jesse? Ask him a really hard question. About a week. Yeah. Yeah, what have you learned? <laughs> Too much. Okay, yeah. see, that's good. That's, that's right. a good answer. His brain is hurting. Yeah, Jesse's an awesome nerdy guy. No, I, I just I'm, I learned something this week. Uh, oh my god, that's <laughs> a first. That's, that's oh my god. It's good for a really? change. <laughs> really? It's quite a change. <laughs> god, it's it's 2011. Jeff's learning things. That's great. Oh, awesome. What did you uh, learn? Joke thing. What I, what I learned is something that I thought was going to be a lot easier was actually considerably more difficult than meets the eye. And that is... Um, like something like changing the timestamp on a Linux server, for example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk to customers every day about um, ensuring that they have the proper resources and capacity to spin up a new Splunk instance, right? Are you, are you muting me? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm just moving. Um, and one it's of tempting. The, one, of the, one of the sort of mnemonic triggers... Am I using that word right? One of the things we have is, is uh, we say 8 by 8 by 800. So a reference architecture for our servers are, should be typically 8 cores, 8 gig of memory, and 800 IOPS oh, a second cool. for the storage. That's great. So um, what I found out this week is that um, measuring 800 IOPS in a conventional environment isn't nearly as simple as one would think. And we usually have to rely on non-Splunk tools to take those measurements and then end up doing a lot of um, spreadsheet math or just a lot of number crunching to, to get at a nominal uh, I.O. throughput mm -hmm. to, to, to achieve that. But that's a big deal, and, and we're, we're trying to get tools in the hands of our SEs and, and our customers. And uh, But... Um, that's very, very awesome. Yeah. I, I, that was useful. Yeah, we should actually just make an app that measures it. and uh, That would be cool. You know, and that would be just cool. Just has information. That's a cool idea. Yeah, Splunk, like so. All right. Cool. Very Sweet. good. Okay. All righty. That's episode number 33. As, as a reminder, if you got questions, email splunktalk at splunk.com. And as always, have a great week and happy spunking. You all better watch out now. Oh, Spunk is a